0: Learn more at Marines.com.
1: Welcome to part two of the Celebrate 98 series along with my co-host former Tennessee safety Fred White. I'm Dave Hooker and we are joined by a very special guest as we look back on the 1998 National Championship team. Somehow it's been 25 years ago. I guess we were all like 8 and 10 years old. Uh, it's brought to you by Tennessee Cider Company, the first cidery to set up shop in Gatlinburg. Surrounded by the mountains that hold and defend a spirit far better than moonshine. Hard ciders hold flavor that will have you coming back for more. Delish. Absolutely. Right there in Gatlinburg. Go to TNCiderCompany.com. tn CiderCompany.com. So, Fred, I will let you introduce one of the most beloved balls who turned in one of the most beloved plays of all time. Tell me about this uh, this guy Billy Ratliff, who I know I know to some extent personally as well. He's just a great all around dude.
3: And now, (laughs) and now, from. That's a, maybe could, uh,
1: Fred could hit people. I'm not sure he's Michael Buffer and ready for the uh, boxing ring. Billy, how are you, sir?
2: I'm doing great, guys. Y'all, 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 funny, right?
3: <laughs> you didn't let me finish, Dave. Oh, I'm sorry. That go ahead, Billy, Ray, Earl. <laughs> The only reason why I called his middle name like that, man, he know everybody's middle name on the team. Everybody. You can call out like any person's name, he know their middle name. I don't know how he figured that out.
1: <laughs> how did you figure that out? Did you study, like, the uh press guide or what?
2: No, you got to understand, man. All these guys came in, and, and and they all had weird middle names. You know, the middle names were – it was just untraditional middle names. You know, you got, like – Mashonda, Pizarro, you know, stuff. I'm like, who gives somebody that name? But, but I understood what it was. You know, they was being creative. And then you have some of us that had, you know, normal nicknames, and then you had guys that had normal middle names. it had an easy one, you know. He, it was Bernard. So, you know, <laughs> we, we had a couple of guys on the team that was named Bernard, so I couldn't call him Bernard. So middle names yeah. were just easy. You know, numbers was my thing. Like, you know, if I – Ever heard your social security number? I never forgot it. Yeah.
1: Wow. Really? That's kind of weird.
2: Uh, I got to college, man, through math and stuff I learned formulas that way. Yeah. Teammates' numbers, and I put that to a side and I use a formula to remember how to use it.
1: I mean, there's I mean, there's something special though about your intelligence. I mean, that is not just, I mean, I I could you could tell me how you did it, and six months from now, I couldn't do it.
2: It's it's not as hard as it seems. I mean, I, I learned it from a math teacher back in high school that she taught me how to basically ace the ACT in a sense. Like, and and I utilized those situations to do that.
1: Okay, but you, you may know, need to talk to my son. It's uh, you know, he's applying for scholarships. But go ahead,
3: Fred. Billy Radley was also the guy who, if you want to hook up a stereo system in your in your in your dorm room or in your car, that's the guy you call.
1: <laughs> well, I'll be Well. <laughs> Billy, I think that obviously people most associate with you with that that Arkansas game and the just incredible play where you you blew up the play, caused a fumble that uh, allowed uh, Tennessee to keep the national championship hopes alive. And I'm curious, how often does that play come up in in conversation?
2: Well, I'll be honest with you. Lately, it's been a lot, you know, especially since. Um, this movie Greater came out. Mm-hmm. A lot of people has been associating with that. And it's like, oh, Tennessee is in that. And then they realized I was in the movie. And I'm like, no, I wasn't in the movie. I was like, uh, Clip was in the movie.
3: <laughs> and
2: <laughs> that's how the younger generation is starting to remember me now. Because um, my son, you know, he goes to Hardin Valley and all the kids over there just found out that I'm his dad, that I played for Tennessee. And it's like, oh, you, you, you're popular. You're the man now. And You'd be surprised how many kids are in my house now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, and and for those that don't know, this has been 25 years. there in the waning moments of the game. Billy was uh, able to blow through the line and a great jump. Got by um, the late Brandon Burlesworth, who had played exceptional and created a fumble that uh, will live in infamy from Arkansas quarterback uh, Clint Sterner. Fred, that was – that was as clutch as it get. That the gets. That's Michael Jordan game I, six right there.
3: Well, absolutely, but I, I. But the story I'm more interested in is I need to know what was happening the first three and a half, three and a quarter, uh, uh three and three fourths of, of the game. I, I need to know what work were doing to y'all guys over there, Billy Ratliff. I just need you to kind of take me through the game and how. How the, it just kind of got to that one point? Well, take me through the game and tell me, like, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, you get to the fourth quarter, and
2: well, it, um, I'm, I'm gonna blame it on ten of my teammates that was <laughs> <browning laughs> me. Um, well, this guy, I'm gonna tell you, Brandon Bursworth, man. You know, we had the scouting report, and right there in the lockers. Right before we go in our locker, there's right there to get your um, your um, your stuff to put on before practice. We mm-hmm. always have a board here to show us the scouting report, and I see Brandon, and then Brandon, you know, he was not the, the best dressed offensive lineman because most most of the time, offensive line, they they want to be cute. <laughs> Brandon, that guy, you know, he had his pads on like he was a the Pee Wee Lee with a pads was hanging to the side. You know, he had these big Coke bottle glasses that was on and. My teammates were making fun of this guy <laughs> in pregame, and the I'm guy gonna, you have the guy you have to go yes, against. Yes, the all-American guy now. And of course, you know we didn't care about that stuff. We didn't care who we played. It didn't matter who it was, if it was Florida, that's when we got a little bit tighter. Anybody else, there was just another team we was utilizing for stats. And we call them stat teams. Tigers, all yeah. sacks, those were stat teams. But Brandon, didn't, he, he, he came to play that day. And when I say when Coach Brooks told me he was the real deal, he was the real deal. Guys, I didn't have one stat. <laughs> Not a stat. <laughs> Not even A, a assist. <laughs> of a tackle. <laughs> I didn't, didn't get a chance to even knock a ball down. This man was a technician. He was, besides Cozy Coleman, i never played anybody like him before in my life. And I played against a lot of great guys, and, and who the best two I've ever played against. Mm-hmm. That day, Brandon came to play, and I say, he kicked my butt for three quarters straight. Up until... That series of us going back to get the ball back. And gosh, you know, I didn't even think we would get the ball back, but I'll be honest with you, I was so psyched up and 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 Al had already done pretty much chewed us out because we <laughs> were losing to this team anyway. And if you guys know Al like we know Al. Al ain't playing. He may be talking a lot, but he ain't playing. He's telling the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And- yeah, that's true. <laughs> I remember, you know, us going to the sideline, and you know, them, I mean, watching the field, watching them, knowing they get ready to go score, but they didn't. And me, I'm like, oh man! So I utilize what I know. I'm gonna do. I just try to keep the guys up, encourage them, don't let them get their heads down. And I told T, I said, hey man, hey, keep your head up, man. Keep your helmet on, man. Hey, we gonna get this ball back, man. I got you. I'm just talking, man. I'm just talking. <laughs>
1: So you're talking about just to clarify for everybody. So you're talking about the you're all's next-to-last offensive drive that ended, and uh, there you guys are are down, and and you're on the sideline. That's when you see T.
2: Yes, as they're coming off the field, and you know I see T. You know he got his head down, and you could tell he didn't want to go to that phone because I know Coach was gonna be chewing him out. And I told T. I said, "T. hey, Keep your helmet on, man." I'm getting this ball back. And, you know, I, it was it was more of a motivation for him. But in my mind, I'm like, am I, I, I can't believe I just said that. But when I go out there, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to give it all I got. This guy's been kicking my butt. I'm just going to use every technique everybody have taught me. And I just remember one technique Reggie White taught me. Never told many to people about this, but there was a bull rush that he showed us that it's illegal to do (laughs) (laughs) and it 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 consists of me keeping my head down like i'm running a 40-yard dash straight up the field and my helmet is gonna hit the center of his chest that gives him no way to put his hands on me to block me and i'll be the first one to put my hands in his chest And when I get my hands in his chest, all I'm thinking about is pushing him to the goalpost. And that's what I did for those first three plays of that drive. First play, I got a tackle for loss. Next play, came up again. We made a big play. And then, of course, the big play is when, I don't know what Coach Nutt was thinking when they did that. He's a nut. Think he told me <laughs> it after the situation but i can't believe they did that and all i did was just push this man and he was on skates he was and it was just push him push him push him
1: yeah and there was just uh you know a few second i think uh, just under a minute remaining and they they ran Fred it was a bootleg play action mm-hmm. and um yeah, it was a questionable call, but I I don't want that to shortchange what Billy did on that play because he. No,
3: no, no. He, 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 I mean, if, if you understand the game and how the game was going, I remember Eric Westmoreland told us last weekend. He t- uh, he said that he said, "Man, we come to the side <laughs> and the D lineman are over that mad with each other because I mean, nobody want to go against Bulls. because he was whooping our butt." That's like, I nah, that. Now you go against him this time. <laughs> now nah, you go.
2: <laughs> hey, I remember. You know, I was telling um, Darwin Walk. You know, he's the strongest guy on our team. Him and Ron Green, they're strongest guys. At this time, you know, I mean, me and Darwin was doing a lot of rotating. You know, between us, and I said, "Hey, hey, Debo man, hey, why don't you try this side, this side, this side, man? Um, I want. You, I mean, you strong, man. I think you can, you can, you can get him, man. I think you got him. You know, he, he he's strong too, no, but I think you can beat him. This dog, All right, man, I man, I I got you. Let me. I tried this time. I right. One time, boom, he go, nah, big worm, man. (laughs) And Darwin has
1: a really hot-pitched voice that I'll never forget. He was the standout for the Eagles. Yeah, and he – He was stuck really high. And um, (laughs) and he he was one of the strongest players in Tennessee football history. So if he turns down, Billy's pretty darn strong.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Brad. What, let me ask you what what you're seeing because you've got kind of the best seat in the house, best view in the house. You're you're seeing the 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 line up front struggle, and this was an awesome defensive line. I mean, they didn't struggle much at all that year, but there were there were times in that game they did.
3: You know, we were so well rounded though that. Usually, we were fighting over tackles, trying to get tackles. In this game, they were occupied, but it gave the linebackers and the safety and myself a, t- a, t- you know, a chance to flow. I rarely ran into a blocker because they had to block the front line. So the way our defense was back then, someone was always going to be the one-on-one guy, right? If you got mm-hmm. the one-on-one, you're probably going to win that battle. We'll give. I'll give you that battle – 75% of the time, in my opinion. Um, it may be more like 60, 65, but I'm gonna give you the battle 75% of the time. You're the guy that's supposed to make a play because you're one-on-one, right? Where in this game, it wasn't like they kept their defense, they kept the offensive line tight and close together, and they will block five guys, sometimes six guys, to keep a tight end in. Well, when they ran the ball, they didn't make a whole lot of plays running the ball. We kind of shut the run game down. Because it was a, it was a. If you got a stalemate at the, at the line with a deepest lineman, I'm a safety. I'm coming free. That means nobody's there to block me. Nobody. So I had a lot of tackles in that game. Myself and Eric Westmoreland, we had a really good game. And so of course Ray Knock did too. Al ended up getting hurt, and and um, and Chris Ramjill did a really good job. But the linebackers, we could flow. We flowed very well because it was a timing in front of us. So you didn't see it like. Now, there have been games, and I'm gonna somebody might get mad. I don't get, mad. I don't care. There's a game when we played against uh, uh Nebraska, and it's some cats that got took from the line of scrimmage all the way back eight yards from back where I was before the I couldn't even the ball was just snapped, and he's already in my lap over here eight <laughs> yards back. So that's a different story. So it wasn't like that. It was more of a stalemate. That stalemate for us made it better, but what it did do. Our defensive line, our defensive backs, and we had to cover. We had to cover, and that's why they got up on us so early because they went deep ball on us. Because our offensive line did a good job of stymieing us, they they did a good job of just keeping us at bay, not letting our guys get one on one pressure those type of things, and we got some balls flew over our head.
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Yeah, and then that, that was Clint Sterner had a short career in the NFL. And it, it has been 25 years to me. It s- seems like yesterday. But for some reason, he used the ball to kind of brace his fall, almost like a cane or something. It was I've, I don't think I've ever seen a play like that since, Billy. So how much of that did you see? And when you guys recover I and mean, what's the first thing that goes through your
2: mind? Well, when we got the ball, I just knew the game was over. You know, I didn't, yeah. you know, I just knew that, and I yeah. kind of take it back. I mean, the game plan in practice all week was to run the ball on Arkansas,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and you know, the Arkansas off defensive line averaged about two forty-five to two fifty. You know, we averaged about three thirty on the offensive line.
3: Yeah,
2: and us as a defense. Knowing how offensive line can block, we were pissed because they wasn't doing the game plan. They were trying to do what I would say, you know, they wanted to try to make T throw the ball a lot. But, you know, the game plan wasn't that that day. It was raining. Yeah. And I knew when I saw the looking cozies in my eyes and they went back on the field, I knew it was over. Yeah. Arkansas had no chance when I saw them running gaps. I so that's all they weren't trying to pass the ball, you know. They could have told Arkansas the plays that they were running, I guarantee they wouldn't have stopped them.
3: They did tell them, you don't remember, you don't remember Spencer Riley, yeah. T Martin, I can't wait to get T on. T Martin tells the story all the time. Spencer will tell you too. I walked up to the line of scrimmage and said, We're running the ball to the right, and you can't stop us. He told them to play. All six it was a six or eight runs. I can't remember the six or eight. I believe it. However many it was, he told them to play every time. T is you can see T slapping them on the head in the huddle, like man, stop! So they can't stop us, and just so every time somebody talks about execution, that man told those guys where well, we were running the ball. We ran it right at them in that same area, and you couldn't stop us. That's called getting the job done and doing your job.
1: I think it was eight, eight straight carries by Travis Henry. I mean yes. it was the most uh I guess the most boring, the coolest uh drive that I've ever seen. I mean, it was just handoff, handoff. And, and I think everybody in the press box was kind of waiting for a play action, but you guys didn't even need it.
3: We didn't, I, I was a man at there threw that doggone ball. I've been mad. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my I lost
1: my cool on that sideline. <laughs> I do so what we want to do. We want to talk to Billy more about what he's up to. More key moments from the '98 season. Celebrate '98 is a production of Off the Hook Sports, and we can't thank Tennessee Cider Company enough. Here's a moment from Tennessee Cider, and then we'll talk about Billy Ratliff and. We started with the good times, but uh, as with anything, there were oftentimes uh, struggles, and Billy went, went through those with injury issues. So uh, you give us 30 seconds, and we'll be back with Celebrate 98. He's Fred White. I'm Dave Hooker.
0: These mountains hold and defend a spirit far better than moonshine. A drink that holds flavor that becomes necessity. A hard cider made and relished by folk who are as hearty as they are legend. A refreshment that can only be found in one place. With a taste that makes you say, give me three bottles of the good stuff. Tennessee Cider Company, where necessity can be found.
1: So welcome back. It is celebrate ninety-eight with Fred White. I'm Dave Hooker, former of all Billy Ratliff joining us as somehow it's been 25 years since Tennessee won a championship in 1998, a national title. First BCS championship 13 and oh. So uh Billy, update us uh with, with what you're up to nowadays, and then I want to look look back at your career because because of injuries, some might know you were one of the most talented physically gifted guys of that era but man you faced a ton of injuries unfortunately but what, what are you up to now man
2: I'll be honest man. I'm just trying to keep myself together man I mean this body is is not getting any younger and I'm just trying to take care of myself I'm, I'm keeping the, getting the weight off you know I'm down to about 251 right now up, I was up to two, 325 pounds at one point man and I had to just um, start focusing on my health and, and that's what I've been doing lately. You know, my, my, my son, he's, um, a sophomore in high school and I'm pretty much working with him and trying to get him on the next level. And he got a long way to go, but he's going to get there. Um, I, um, had a restaurant open and I had to close it down. Um, just, just economic reasons, just so many things that was up and down in the restaurant business. And, um, now I'm here. I'm I'm just here at home. I'm uh, just watching the kids and just enjoying life.
1: And you have some fantastic uh, prints that that people can get a hold of, and we'll, we can provide a link, or uh, people can reach out to me if they want to. They want to purchase one of those. They're they're just gorgeous. It is of that Arkansas plate we talked about, uh, Billy. How many injuries did did you have in? <laughs> In college, I, it was, it seemed like every couple of weeks when I was covering that team, it was like, oh man, that happened to Billy again. I mean, and I remember the media just, and the media gets called cynical, but we were just really sympathetic to
2: the injuries that you had to deal with. Oh man, I, I don't think we have enough time to talk about all those, man. <laughs> uh,
3: well, let, let me say this. Uh, I remember this, this is something I remember about Billy Ratley when he first got on campus. And then I'll talk about your first injury that I remember. Billy Ratliff walks on walks on the elevator with his family. I'm in the elevator already. And I'm looking, I'm trying to figure out like, man, what position this dude play, right? You know, I'm trying to figure out what everybody plays. And I I remember when he, he said his name, he said Billy Ratliff. I'm sitting there thinking, that that's Billy Ratliff? That, that's the linebacker. <laughs> like, man, I ain't never seen a linebacker that big in my life. <laughs> <laughs> in the world? Where am I? I remember the first, we had summer workout that's summer workout for freshman practice and he was in the linebacker line. I'm sitting there looking like, I just got to see him run. I'm supposed to be focused on what I'm doing over here with DBs, but I am looking to see how big, how this big dude is going to run and does he really play linebacker? And man, let me tell you something. He was like twinkle toes. <laughs> Seriously. Fast as I'll get out. Biggest linebacker i ever seen. I ain't never seen nobody that big run that fast. And I just remember thinking to myself, oh, my God. When he hits somebody, it's going to explode. It, it's going to explode. But I remember watching you do the drills, and I'm thinking, man, if that guy's playing linebacker, hey, man, <laughs> it's going to be it's gonna be hell for somebody when we play him. Guarantee that. But I, I remember the first time you got hurt when you tore your ACL. And I remember being in the, we got the news because, they the one thing people don't realize is that when a new guy comes in, we come in as freshmen, that's what everybody can look and see your talent. Mm-hmm. And everyone's looking like, man, I can't wait to see him get on the field. You know, that type of stuff. Everybody already know. You know how good guys are because you practice against them every day. And we had a lot of good talent on our squad. When they told Billy he had got injured, I remember he was a little, you know, upset about it. And, uh, I'm walking through Stokely. It's no longer there for the young crowd. It's Stokely was where they played basketball back in the 70s, the Ernie Bernie days, but it was also some indoor track stuff they did. The volleyball was there as well. Um, it's really where your parking garage is now for, for Gibbs Hall.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But, um, I remember walking by and I see somebody in there and all I can hear is boom. 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 I'm like, man, what is that? We walk by, and we look, and it is Billy Ratliff blowing off some steam because he tore his ACL. <laughs> just hammering the goal. Just dunking in a 10-foot goal. Boom. Boom. Windmills. Double hammer, uh, double uh, tomahawk. Everything. I'm like, hey, man, did you just tell your ACL? Said, yeah, they told me. <laughs> can't hurt it any worse. I'm thinking to myself, here's a 6-4. Wow. 280 pound linebacker and he can dunk off the vertical like a 30 something, 40 something inch vertical. I'm like this is insane. <laughs> I've never seen anybody tear the ACL and then go do dunks off the vertical like that. I just, i ain't never seen nobody like that in my whole life. To this day, he's one of the one the best athletes I've ever seen and I've seen some good ones. Leonard Little was one of them. Um, Travis Kozart is another one uh Dante work. I mean it's, I've seen some hell of line but you know athletes but he's one of the best I've ever seen
1: This episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm up and recovery technology They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off
3: your order with the code MOVE at HyperRice.com.
0: Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations, icon of the seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean, Ships Registry, Bahamas.
3: Well, wow. I talk about him to this day people are like, man, listen, we have to do this lineman. They can run 4 5, 4 man, and, and he played D tackle.
1: Yeah, and those, and those ACL injuries aren't like they are nowadays where they're almost routine. I mean, they can just fix them like nothing. That was a, that was a big deal. It didn't apparently didn't affect your explosiveness as you were trying to tear down a a goal there in Stokely. But um, how concerned were you at the time about your, your overall ability, the, uh, the recovery? I mean, it it must've just been heartbreaking.
2: Well, um, the early on, Early time, no, it wasn't. I mean, I just knew I had to go and rehab and get back out there. And just my determination is what kept me motivated and and didn't want to let my teammates down. You know, when they're having fun and I'm not, I mean, it just wasn't fun. I mean, it's just me. I mean, I like to have fun. I'm smiling all the time, enjoying life. And when I got hurt, you know, it was just me feeling like a failure. But, you know, having guys like, you know, Fred, you know, Peel Jermaine Copeland. Sean John Johnson, Sean John Bryson, those guys kept me going, man. They they, they didn't let me not have fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they know when I was bored, I tend to just drift off and didn't want to be around anyone. So they kept me motivated and and, and they kept me going. I mean, because those injuries, I mean, I had some tough injuries. My, my knee injuries, they wasn't as bad as everybody thought they were. My knees never hurt me. They did. You know, they was using – Precautionary is just to keep me from re-injuring. I guess I don't know, but my knees to this day—I mean, they bother me now, but back then they didn't hurt me. I mean, I was in the injury push because that's what they had to say. Mm-hmm. Um, they kept me fresh, you know. Um, my first ACL when I tore it—I mean, it was a easy recovery. Um, because I, I was you had Leonard Litter recovering with me so it was easy yeah and and you know uh, Phil Crosby so I was having fun um my worst injury was my career ending injury was my senior year when I broke my ankle and had nerve damage
3: mm-hmm.
2: that's the one that really 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 broke my spirit you know especially when you know, it came to the time where they took was going to be taking the cast off and taking the pins out and everything. And that day when it was going to be taking the cast off, got some bad news and um, was infected. So I had to have a whole nother surgery. So which pushed me back a whole nother six, seven months. And that was the the, the, the crushing blow for me. And that's when I said, you know what? I got to let it go and, and, and start thinking about the future, being able to walk ever again. And just that was just the, 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 the crushing moment for me. I mean, I've had some tough ones, though, guys. I mean, I've, I've been paralyzed for 48 hours. You know, mm-hmm. I've done so many things, and, and, and those didn't bother me as much as it did my senior year because it was my last year. Wow! Now,
3: And I, I, I got to ask this question because, you know, every person, every teammate, you know, I, I've heard this from another player, um, NFL guy, kind of talked to me about this kind of, you know, mentorship type of thing, but he said that your first two years away from playing the game are the toughest. Because you've done this for so long, this is all you kind of knew. And if you can make it past those 2 years without being depressed without you know you may be have some depression during those first 2 years but if you can get past those 2 years usually you'll be okay right so and you know did, did it take you long to bounce back or did it did it linger a little bit
2: i um, will not be honest it it didn't take long for me man because i played it through you guys where y'all made it to the league it, it was it was a win for me you know, and and watching each one of y'all being successful, it, it it made my heart feel good, and that's what kept me going. You know, I didn't I didn't look back and say what it could have been or how it could have been. I just kept going with you guys. You know, yeah. watching Darwin play, you know, watching Sean play, you know, watching all the guys. You know, I'm I'm, I'm like man, and then getting a the chance to come watch them in person, it, it made it even better. Yeah, I, I I didn't have a I wasn't a fan of a team. I was a fan of my teammates.
3: And you know, you know, I think one of the things, man, I, I didn't get a chance to play long. I got a chance to play a little bit of professional sports, but not a lot. And it took me a while. I'm not gonna lie, it took me a minute. It took me a long time, actually. It took me more than two years. But it was, you know, steady trying, still trying to get that shot, trying to get that shot. And then I think, I think what got me years later was my teammates that did play and, you know, made themselves, you know, superstars and those type of things, I think they were the ones who helped me get through through it. Because the most important part was that if you know I can play, that's all that mattered to me. And that, I think, was what changed my whole perspective on not playing the game for a long period of time, you know, in the professional leagues, yep. But it was, yeah, that that changed a lot for me because their respect meant more to me than anybody else's.
1: Billy, you and and Billy obviously had that respect from his, his teammates. I think Fred just shared as one of the greatest athletes he'd be seen. He's been around yeah. um, on a fantastic Tennessee team and then his time in the NFL. But you said you're always smiling and you said that you were able to move on. That's not what I was expecting you to say. I thought you might say I was angry or that sort of stuff. But I'm curious: is is it a a, a mom, a grandmother, a dad, a grandfather, where, or any family? Where do you think that attitude, of being joyous despite struggles at hand, where do you think that comes from?
2: I mean, my mom. You know, she's a very inspirational person, man. She 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 loves me to death, and and she always has sayings that, that, that just kept me going to, you know, you know, I get hurt and she always would tell me, Hey, there's something out there better for you. Your calling is coming. Just keep your head up and don't worry about the past. The future is still there. Take it day by day and everything will shine.
1: It's pretty strong. That's, that's, uh, that's, pretty strong. And, um, Fred, going back to the, uh, um, not the injuries, but just the, the continued engagement that you guys have um, with each other, that bond, um, you know, how significant is that for not just you um, and not just Billy, who's overcome an injury, but guys as they transition out of football to, to have close friends across the board? Because that, that's not an easy time when you have to move on.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that even the guys that play for a while, when they get done, they realized the college was more, we grew up together. We came in as kids. We came in together in those four or five years that we were here on campus. Um, and a lot of those guys realized that when they left the game and the guys are the closest with are the guys they played college ball with. Because in the NFL, it is a business. I mean, and you know, a guy may be here today and he may be gone next week. You may be here for a year and be gone after that. You're playing against them on a whole other team. Um, you can come in as a rookie and <laughs> these guys are 30-something years, 28, 29, 30 years old. They got families, wives, kids. and They're in coming to hang out with you like that. I mean, so the guys you hung out with the most still were kind of the guys you played with. But what people don't understand is that the group we had, one of the reasons why I came to Tennessee was because everybody on the team hung out with each other. Mm-hmm. You you come on a trip or a visit, and everybody on the team is together. Everybody hung out. And it was like, man, like that, that's a little different. So it made a difference for us being that even though those guys play in the NFL, they still we all still talked all the time. We still talked. We went to go watch them play. We went to, you know, they would come hang out with us. When they would go to their hometowns, we went to their hometowns. I've been to Gaffney, South Carolina, Jackson. I've been to Mobile, Alabama. I've been to Charlotte. I've been to Louisville, Kentucky. I mean, like, we go to all those different places. We go hang out with our guys. We all still hung out like we were in college. And we still do to this day. If I'm going to Eric Westmoreland said it best. He said, man, if I go to a city and I don't call one of those guys and they find out I was there, they're gonna have an attitude with me. Man, man, you couldn't, you couldn't call me. I'm, and you how are you gonna be in my city and not talk call and talk to me you know what i mean yeah like, so that that bond it was built over workouts and i got to say this we didn't have no money we were all broke man we were broke 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 we didn't have a dime time. <laughs> so, so <laughs> that'll bring you closer together than what you might think I mean, when guys are scrapping and trying to figure out where they're gonna eat the next day or trying to figure out what's the cafeteria clothes on Sunday, man, what are we gonna do? You know what I mean? Wow. So the whole team is putting in two, three dollars. Eric Westmore told that same story. <laughs> but like when you go through stuff like that, hey man, it makes you a little bit tighter. It's a little bit, it's not just my teammate. It's my brother. Man, he ain't had no food today. Let's try to figure out how to get you some food or he might not have had no food because he went out all night last night and the cafeteria closed. But we still got to eat. You know what I mean?
1: Well, both both of you guys, and especially, uh, especially Billy, because the one play, you should never have to pay for a beer in Knoxville for the rest of your life. And I hope you haven't paid for one now, but you can send me the receipt and I'll make it a business expense.
3: <laughs> well, Dave, back then, We couldn't get paid. Oh, I know. We couldn't take any money. We couldn't even get free food or free soda, free glass of water.
1: So there were no,
3: (laughs) I'm I'm curious
1: whether, were there any hundred dollar handshakes like we heard about? And I want to ask you that 30 seconds, Tennessee cider company. That's a a tease in the biz. Hang tight.
0: (laughs) from the heat and cool off with some cold draft cider. With free samples on draft and lots of flavors to choose from, Tennessee Cider Company prepares a hard cider that's easy to enjoy. Made from our home, so you can take it to yours. Add us to your list for shopping and fun experiences. You'll be glad you made the trip. Find our cidery in the Mountain Mall on the Gatlinburg Parkway. Sip smart. Sip the good stuff. Sip Tennessee Cider Company.
1: Celebrate '98. We thank uh, Tennessee Sodder Company. Are you guys telling me there were no hundred-dollar handshakes? Because for I, I was I umpired to get through college. I would have given you guys a
3: handshake. You were so Man, hard was, good. The only hundred dollars I got came from my mama because she made everybody in the family who came to the game give up some cash. <laughs> that was it. wow. Yes, we were too scared, man, we were too scared to go get in trouble and do anything. Like,
2: I wasn't getting in trouble, man. You understand yeah, yeah. who my mama is, man. Right? I'm not about to do nothing crazy to no, get kicked out of. Yes. No. I,
3: yeah. babe, I didn't have a home to go back to. <laughs> my well, grandfather told me my dad died my freshman year, and I almost quit school. Then I literally almost walked, Billy Rattler would tell you. Hold on, let me tell you what they know about big man Billy Ratliff Mm -hmm. as freshmen. (laughs) They they used to call us the Greyhound brothers. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We would get on the Greyhound bus and go home, and nobody know where
2: we at. Man. Nobody. I left three times. times. They got
3: to go get us. Had to go all the way to Mississippi to get Billy Ratliff. The coaches used to tell the players, hey, whatever you do. Don't take
1: uh, them to the bus <laughs> <laughs> So Billy, you went home three times with the three intentions. Times, man, three
2: times, man. I, um with the first, intentions I, of being done. Is that what you're yeah. telling me? Yeah, I mean, I was just homesick, man. I mean you you know, know when I first got there, you know, you know as a fresh I mean as a freshman. And you know, we're going through, you know, the freshman practicing and everything, and and that's had my first injury. And, you know, I had um chin splints. Um, they gave me like this little machine to, like, put on my shins. I think it was called like the bone stimulator or something like that. Yeah. And um. Yeah,
3: machine.
2: Yeah. So, so you know, I, I, I'm I'm in my room rehab, and I go in there and rehab and everything. And this is the first time though. So my roommate was Ion Martin. <laughs> uh We called him Three Pop. Three Pop.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and um. He tore his knee up the next day, to ACL. Ooh, yeah, and, um, and of course, he had surgery the following day. Well, young got the opportunity to go home with his parents to rehab. Mm-hmm. They gave me a bone stimulator. I'm 16 years old, man. I'm just a baby, just a kid. Never been away from my family before. And I'm like, oh, hold on. So they just going to let him go home and rehab and they going to let me go? So I called Greyhound and they had a $12.50 one <laughs> ticket to Macomb, Mississippi. And it, they called, it was the Midnight Express. Wasn't nothing expressive about it, because it took me 27 hours to get home. You know? (laughs) It's because they stop at every stop. They stop
3: everywhere.
2: man. I'm like, man, as soon as you get, like, you know, comfortable on the seat and go to sleep, you hit those (sighs) brakes. Either dropping a package off or picking somebody up. And, man, I got home the first time. And, of course, no one knew it. But they came got me. They sent somebody down there. Told me hey, you got to get back up here, man. And mm-hmm. I, I got
1: back. So you did you say you were 16?
2: Yeah, I was 16 yeah. when I got to campus. 16.
1: Wow. Man, that's a <laughs> lot to go through at 25, much less
2: 16. <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> oh, it
3: was. I can hey. still tell you every stop the bus mates from Knoxville to Atlanta. I still <laughs> remember them like it was yesterday. <laughs> so your intentions
1: your intentions on the Big Express there, was you d- done with football, done with college?
2: Well, not necessarily. I was just, just want to go home and rehab. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to go home and rehab with my family where I'm, where I'm comfortable at.
3: Dave, I'm going to tell you what I think it was. I don't think it was homesick. I think it had a lot to do. I think it had something to do with homesickness, but I think also he was he was kind of being pushed to be a defensive tackle or defensive end from linebacker too. I think that has something to do with it also. <laughs> yeah,
2: that, see that was the second time. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: okay, so
1: we we haven't gotten into that. I didn't know you came in <laughs> linebacker, frankly. So when they, come to, and they did that with a lot of people, um, they, they would move them up. They'd move, uh, corners to safeties, <clears throat> Fred white. Uh, they'd move safeties, to linebackers and
3: linebackers. And, uh, Al Wilson.
1: Yeah. Uh, defensive lineman. And, uh, they would just move uh, guys up to, to, to benefit, to take advantage of speed, I should say. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, they come to you. Who comes to you and says, hey, Billy, we got this uh, great news. You played linebacker your whole life, but you get to go play with your hand down in the dirt against 330-pounders. Who dropped that news on you?
3: I bet I know what weekend it was, too. I bet I say it was weekend they, they told you this.
2: Well, let me tell you how they did me, man. So, <laughs> how they did me. So... um Came and told me that on Coach Foreman wanted to have a meeting with me. And of course, I'm thinking, oh, I haven't. I mean, I know I wasn't in trouble, so I'm just wanting to know what's going on. So, I go up to Coach Foreman's office and rain in, and he sit across and got you know his hand on his knee and looking at you with them beady eyes. And he looks me dead in my eyes and say, "Are you doing today, Billy? I'm doing okay, Coach. Well, um." I got some good news for you, though. Oh, I was like, okay. Well, um, I thank you, one of our best eleven defensive guys out there on the field, Billy, and I thank you, one of those guys, and I think we're gonna um, we're gonna move you down to defensive end. I'm a freshman, so I'm like oh, you think I'm one of the best 11? So I'm I, I'm starting. So I'm thinking I'm starting. Like that. <laughs> and he said, yes, we're going to move you down there. Um, you know, In fact, today, we're going to start you over there and, 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 and um, transition. I want you to go um, to Coach Cartwell's uh, meeting room this, this evening. Well, I get in there. And they tell me where I was going to be playing. And immediately, I'm pissed. <laughs> so <laughs> they tell me that I'm on the best eleven, but then they put me behind the best defensive player we got on the field, Leonard Little. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> <Number one. laughs> so I'm playing left defensive end. I'm like, okay, but then I understood. What, now, you know, as time passed, I understood what they was doing because I was starting on a lot of the packages, but. I wasn't in my mind because I'm like, man, they gonna put me over here, man. I ain't gonna be able to play, man. All time, gonna... so I don't call my mom and told her what what's going on, and then she, of course, used that motivation. It's like, well, baby, they must think you're good if they're gonna do that. Then I'm like, yeah, mama, but I ain't starting though. They told me I was the best 11 not the best twelve. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you're playing behind Leonard Little, who's <laughs> One of the best defensive ends of his generation. It's kind of – I don't care how athletic you are, it's kind of tough to get on the field.
3: Well, that, that, that's, 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 that's a tough, that's a tough one right there. there. <laughs>
2: it was it, – it, it, it made it fun for me once I transitioned into it because, the you know, the packages that we ran, I was on the field a lot.
3: So was it was that the Florida game where you twist you over or right after the Florida game?
2: It was right uh, for the Florida week. That's when they switched. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah, yeah. That's when he get everybody. That's yep. when he got out. That's when he got me.
1: <laughs> right before the – did you say before or after the Florida game?
2: It was it was before um, the Florida week. Um, Florida week.
3: Right. They, yep. want, they want more speed on the football field, so we're going to move you down. We got these packages for you. Yeah, that's how they got out too. They got me the same way. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You're going to play nickel, but you're going to be back here. <laughs> it was just safety yeah they moved Fred
1: Fred was a top corner incredibly fast and they
3: immediately
1: yeah they immediately wanted you well not immediately but pretty quickly wanted you to bulk up and play a safety because they had so
3: many corners you know why you know why they bumped me up no I hit Jay Graham in practice in summer I'm playing corner he runs a sweep around the edge he's coming outside towards me and I hit Jay Graham and I laid him out, and the ball went this way. Jay went that way. Literally, as I'm coming to the sideline after the play, every safety was like, "Oh boy, you're gonna be back here with us. Come on, <laughs> come on to the meeting room with us, bro. We hey, you back in with us? Like, what y'all are talking about? I'm a corner. Nah, not hitting like that. Our corners don't hit like that. Man,
2: <laughs> really? Fred was, was a was a freakish athlete too. I don't don't let him yeah. tell you all this. Fred was. DBs hated Fred. The upperclassmen <laughs> hated Fred because Fred was was he, he he was a track star too. So you know Fred was like what 130 pounds wet when he got here. <laughs> you know what I mean? And doing practice like you know Monday they run the mile. Fred ran the mile in like three four minutes. You know, he was be done and, and, and they was pissed at him. I mean, but Fred would knock your head off. And that was just a rare thing that corners did. You know, back then, you know, a great corner was a guy, you know, it was Deion Sanders. So everybody looked at Deion Sanders. So that's what they did. They wanted interceptions. But Fred had to total package. So now, Fred, if Fred would have did that last move that they wanted him to do, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want
1: you to move to linebacker, did yes. they? Yeah,
3: they no. Did. Yes. No. Yes. Yeah, See, now you they, know they, what? I they, think they, about they, it all the time they, now. Eric Westwood will play it middle.
2: Yes. Think about what today's NFL linebackers look like. Yeah. Yeah. They was I doing think about the, it all the time before that. Yeah. And Fred was the proto. He's, he was the prototype NFL linebacker today. Wow! No, i friends
1: forever, and I didn't know that.
3: Yeah, then you know what? Bill, don't nobody. A lot of people don't even realize that I. They wanted me to move the linebacker. A lot. Most fans would never even know that. Like, but yeah, they almost moved me to line. They wanted me to move. I was like, Mm-mm. no, 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 coach. I'm gonna play it from right here.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, how did you? I'm curious. I, I want to get back to Billy, but how did you? How do you guys either either of you guys have leverage to say no? I'm not moving. I mean, Billy, they just told kind of told you. I mean, how do you have leverage to say I don't want to move?
3: Well, I I had leverage because I was a senior. I'm coming to my senior year. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And you know, when I was a freshman, I didn't have no choice. I had the only choice I had was to get on that bus and (laughs) go back home. Like I did.
1: (laughs) So, um, Billy, I tried to look up um, your – I try to be prepared, and I try to look up your recruiting profile, but we're so old, they weren't even charting recruits back then. So um, why did you pick Tennessee and what other schools were in the hunt?
2: Um, I was recruited by every school in America, man. I mean, everybody was trying to get me. I, I, I was just a tough one. I was a country boy, and I, I was a mama's boy. I didn't want to leave home. And, I, yeah. and I'll be honest with you, what made me come to Tennessee was – exactly what Fred has already told you is the guys, you know, I'll be honest with you, everybody on my recruiting trip that ended up signing with Tennessee. They remind me of one of my teammates back in high school. And it makes it easy for me to just think of it that way. And and that's, mm-hmm. that's why I came to Tennessee. It wasn't for the traditions. It wasn't for the orange and white. It wasn't for anything, you know, cause really at the time, you know, I wanted to come in and, and, and when I made a I wanted to celebrate, but you know, Right during that time is when they start taking all the celebration out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Wow, you know, let me let me say this, Billy Ratliff. I, there was a uh, that book. I think they still do it. The Who's Who of Sports was that. You remember that? Mm-hmm. If you was a, you only got that book if you were all American. If you were all American, you weren't getting that book, right? Yep. So our whole class was in that book. Wow, that whole class of '95, we all were all American. We got the best two players out of the state of Mississippi. Yep. Got the best player out of the state of Kentucky. Best player out of the state of North Carolina. Second best out of the state of Georgia. I'll get, I'm gonna get Skill his props. He was a baller. But uh, yeah, but like yeah, every teammate we I had was in that book. I still have that book. It's right here. I yep. still keep that book because it just it's a memory. You know what I mean? Yep. All the guys who played against her in that book, Peter Ward. Um, um, Dante Culpepper is in there. Um, uh, what's the guy's name? Played at Florida the Freak. All those guys are in there. Yeah, they're all in that book. But so you had to be an All-American to even get one. They didn't send you a book like that if you weren't one already. You had to be an All-American to get a Who's Who book.
1: Billy, we, we've talked um... – Previously to AirQuest Morland, I, I know from talking to Fred over the years that the bond was what led to a championship. But still, a lot of things can happen along the way. When when you finally are able to to win a national title, thirteen and zero, did did it take a little bit of time to maybe hit you that you had just accomplished something that nobody can
2: ever take away from you? I'll be honest with you. After we won that game, I felt like we had to play somebody else. Because <laughs> to be honest with you, that, that was probably the easiest game I had played my whole career. Um against all,
1: Florida State against mm-hmm.
3: Florida State.
2: Yes, um, Florida State, I mean, they were good. Um, but I don't think they was ready for what we had to offer them. You know, they didn't they didn't think that we was as fast as we were, you know, because like up to that game, they was acting like they were the fastest defensive line that they had they like um who was it um they had what i keep forgetting all the d line i don't I forgot all the guys but they had a lot of guys that that was first rounders
3: mm-hmm. on right it, yeah
2: and they disrespected us as if we were like the slowest d line that they had ever heard of yeah our whole d line i mean we ran i mean average four six four five fours we're cross
3: this is D-line. I'm talking about defensive tackles and defensive end. Eric Westmoreland said this, too. He's We were talking about how – I think I may have brought it up, how I put our defensive speed up against anybody, even till to, to, to this day. Top to bottom, from linemen to linebackers to secondary, hey, man, we can run with anybody. We can run with guys who are playing right now. Like any team in the country, you can pick out the fastest defense you think of you put our times up against their times when it comes to forties. We probably beat them. Well, as a team God. average.
2: Well, oh, hey, my mindset. I didn't care who you put there in front of me. You, got, you could, hey, you could have told Pillars Price to get beside me. I'm gonna challenge him. Yeah. I don't care who it is. I'm gonna try to get you. That's how my mind was. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I don't. I don't like losing.
1: <laughs> well, at one point, you guys. Because yeah, Billy hadn't have been injured, now this wouldn't have been ninety-eight; would have been ninety-seven. But you guys would have had three first, because Billy would have been a first-round pick. You would have had three first-round picks with John Ellis and Leonard Little. Right? Am I missing anybody? Is there a fourth? Good gracious!
3: And then right after us it would have been some more. I mean, it's just, but we had so much talent back then, and I don't even think we knew how good we knew we were good. We knew we were good. But I think when you sit back, you can go back and watch games now. I'll get phone calls from guys like Terry Fair or, or Dwayne Goodrich. Man, I'm watching this game. We're playing against Auburn in ninety-eight or playing against Georgia in '97. Or I'm like, man, we were fast. And you look at all the players that were actually on that football field and you think about how many talented guys we played against and who how many talented guys we played with. A lot of guys who went off to play, you know, major time in the NFL. And you didn't. I don't know. If, I, I don't want to say we took it for granted then, but we didn't actually know exactly how good we were. If that makes sense.
1: Wow. Uh, great, great stuff, um, Billy. Can't thank you enough. Any anything else you would like to add, Fred?
3: I, I got one situation I'm gonna put on it. I'm gonna put out here, and it's okay. like, we were living. We had just me and Billy right. This is college is over with. I was playing in XFL. I come back to Knoxville and uh, we got an apartment and we are moving in our... This is... I'm telling this story. I got to tell it, Billy Rabbit. Man, we're moving in our apartment. We're on the third floor and literally just... When I say moving in, we're moving furniture in. We're trying our best not to be loud. We ain't really being loud. We're just moving furniture, right? Man, listen. The last piece of... we see a cop car outside and we're trying to figure out like who's what's going on out here. Like is somebody where they going? where they go? And we're sitting there they're watching us as we're moving the stuff in. And they come and knock on the door and say <laughs> they want us to keep it down. And we're looking at each other like, excuse me? What, what do you mean keep it down? We I know y'all looking at us, move this stuff in off of off of a truck, yeah. right? And the guy's like, well. Uh, we got a noise and play. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, Big one, we just got a noise and play, and we're just moving in. <laughs> Man, we didn't even turn the TV on yet. <laughs> but yeah, eventually, was, know, like, one of our it, old teammates got, Best
2: friends with those people.
3: Yeah, the daughters come up and hang out with us all the time. She loved us. But like, it was just that first impression. And I think they were like, "We want. We don't want them here. And then all of a sudden we meet them and it's a whole different, you know, so I want people to also understand like, Hey man, even though you play football, sometimes people might not even know who you are and they may not even give you the benefit of the doubt to start it off. But I think that eventually they gave us the benefit of the doubt and understood who we were when we started talking to them and they saw us and we didn't we cause a lot of problems or keep up no noise. We would just, and we're just moving in our apartment. But that, that's one of those moments where I just remember looking at you. You like We both had to look at our face like, <laughs> how did we just get a noise we and, and we hadn't even been in, we hadn't even lived in here yet.
2: Like, <laughs> we didn't use the key to lock the door yet. <laughs> <laughs>
3: we haven't turned the TV on, nothing. I will say this is no big one. We probably should have got kicked out of that place because we had a doctor on grill on the third floor. And I almost burned the place down a couple (laughs) times. Ouch.
1: (laughs) Wow. Uh, Billy, great. I've I've always been a fan from afar just after what you went through, and you have always had a smile on your face. This Celebrate 98 series brought to you by Tennessee Cider Company has nothing to do about me. But can I share a story that I think you'll find funny real quickly?
2: Sure.
1: Okay, so when Tennessee played Arkansas, uh, me and the Knoxville News Sentinel guys went to a barbecue restaurant. Guy comes up and he goes, oh, you're sports writers. You will love this. You got to meet this guy. And he's this guy's uh, apparently an Arkansas booster. He's buying drinks. So maybe Dave had a couple of pops in him. And he goes, we're going to go up to the VIP room. You've got to meet this guy. You're not going to believe who you're going to meet. I mean, he built it up like I thought we were going to meet Babe Ruth. And we go up there, and it's uh, Clint Sterner. And uh, I immediately recognized him. And I said, hi, I'm Dave Hooker. And he goes, yeah, I'm Clint Sterner. And I said, well, the only place that you're more popular than Fayetteville is Knoxville. Do you know who Billy Ratliff is? And I was escorted from the VIP section, (laughs) but it's the first thing that came out of my mouth. And he looked at me like I'd smacked his mother. I was immediately asked to leave. That was the end of free drinks for all the new Sentinel guys. And Dave was out the door, but I'm still proud of that line. And that was for you, my man. And, um, hold on,
3: I, I got to tell this story, too. We was at the SEC Media Days, my Seventh Terry Fair. And, you know, he was doing media for a minute. And, man, let me tell you something. He walked past our table. And we both pointed at him, right? He looks over, he sees an orange, you know. He waves, and I just did like this. had my ring on. I was like, <laughs> "Oh, oh man!" people don't remember
1: Arkansas was undefeated. If they win that game, they may be playing for the national title. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Not well, too bad for yeah. them. That was that was the first week that we were number one, and it was they were number ten, and we were both undefeated. Yeah.
1: Wow. Billy uh uh be blessed sir we appreciate the time uh, uh, uh with Fred white I'm Dave hooker this is celebrate 98 brought to you by Tennessee cider company uh presentation of off the hook sports Billy thanks again man
2: all right you guys thanks for having me on
3: guys five years to make a big one. we hey, man we made it who made it a quarter baby a quarter <laughs>
1: Uh, it can't be 25 years. We're all pushing 29, surely. We can't be as old as we are. Celebrate 98, Tennessee Cider Company. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
2: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
1: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino.